Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter off. Hello, Mets fans. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 64 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Thank you for having me, as usual. <laughs> Hello. And so, Hello. Yes, it has been it has been a couple of weeks since we have been in your feed since we are now in off season schedule we are we have ceased to be in the best shape of our lives we're sorry um but we're pretty much going to do time of year yeah, where that you time bury your met stuff at the bottom of the drawer like the, the ceremonial of our, burying of this the jerseys our, our emotional say, and still- literal drawers Yes. Well, I'm still I'm still traveling around with my Mets purse, so <laughs> it's not very. I wore I wore my LFGM shirt today. I'm still wearing it right now, and I actually like someone struck up a conversation with me on the metro about it, and I thought that they were going to be oh. a hostile entity because I live in DC. So I was prepared for the because they were like Mets fan, huh? And I was prepared for the like. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I know that's not popular around here. And he was like, nah. And he pointed at his mask and he was wearing a Jets mask. So I was like, oh, nice. Clearly a clearly a comrade. Um, But anyhow. (laughs) um, Yeah. So we're not in the best shape of our lives. We're sorry, but we've got plenty to cover today. Um, Lots has happened. Uh, Lots hadn't happened in the first week since we recorded last. But this week, a lot more stuff has happened. 
Um, and we will be recording um, roughly every other week uh, during the off season, so don't worry. We won't be in your feeds quite as frequently, but frequently enough. Um, so I think uh, we should kick off uh, this segment, this Mets-related segment this week, with, you know, um, now that we've done a post-mortem um, on the 2020 Mets, I think that we should look forward to the future Mets um, and think about what free agents the Mets might target. And these feel like more realistic conversations now than they had in the past, um, since we have an owner who may actually go after free agents. We don't know this, but we know that the Wilpons probably wouldn't have, whereas this is more of an unknown. Um, yeah, so, you know, what free agents are at the top of our wish list uh, for this offseason um, and and such. Obviously, um, the top of that conversation for a lot of people um, is JT Real Muto. Um, the Mets have a huge need at catcher, as we know. Um, both Ramos and um, Chirinos, as Kellyanne pointed out earlier today in our chat, have options uh for 2021 um i'd be surprised if either of those were exercised although mm. i guess it's the mets so you can't put it past them but ramos torino frazier sorry i'm looking at sports track right now ramos torinos and frazier have club options oh frazier has an option <laughs> yes oh, he Lord. does oh god <laughs> i see i like Todd. leave my jersey like, i was gonna say leave my jersey by alone yeah, I, I know, but I know everybody was annoyed about the trade because he traded more pieces to get him. I get that, but Todd is just where he belongs. It's just it's it's fitting he's here. Like just, a Todd-less I, team just isn't the same. I just wish they could kind of transition him into like a player coach sort of role yeah. versus yeah, the nice. player role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love my Jersey Rutgers man. Fellow Scarlet Knights. It's amazing. It's hilarious. I love it. He is it. fun. I will say that. He is fun. Yeah. Um, I don't mind Todd. But I yeah. will go on the record saying I don't mind Todd. I don't mind. I will, I will second you on that. Um, but yeah, the issue is, is that the catching position has been a black hole for the Mets ever since the Travis Darno curse has hung upon them. And now Travis Darno's hitting dingers in the playoffs and the Mets still don't have production from the catching position. Um, so they really Which need... I'm fine with. Because yeah. that's oh, yeah, they F deserve you to Wilpon. Like, it's absolutely, like, I hope it's like every home run he hits, I hope it's like another twist in the knife and like Jeff Wilpon's back. They deserve that. Um, they absolutely deserve it. And, but yeah. The reality remains that the Mets need a catcher, um, and JT Realmuto is obviously far and away the best catcher available in free agency and is possibly the best catcher in all of baseball. It's pretty undisputed that he is, I'd say. Um, and he, But he is rumored to be seeking a record-breaking contract for a catcher in the $200 million range. I mean, it's not my money, so yeah. sure. And his pocket change to Jeff Cohen, or Steve Cohen. I just combined Jeff Wilpon and Cohen together, which is horrible. Honestly, it's pocket change for the Wilpons, too, but they didn't act that way. That's true. It's even more, it's much even more pocket change for Steve Cohen. But, yeah, yeah I mean, why not? Like, I understand that's a lot of money, but, like, you know, players talk a lot when they're trying to, when they're testing in the free agent market. He says he wants $200 million. Who knows if he gets it or not? I hope the Mets are in the market for him. Yeah. Somebody pointed out that this is the year, like, 
whether it's true or not, um, the owners can say, we have to cut back. We have no money. Again, and they can use the pandemic as the excuse. So there might not be a, the bidding war Real Muto envisions. Yeah. So he can ask for that, but he might he might not get it. And I think the Phillies already said it's unlikely they're re- they're going to resign him. So yeah, much to the chagrin Bryce. of their fan base. Yeah, and Bryce Harper probably. And Bryce yeah, Harper. Um, <laughs> which is great. Anything that makes him mad makes me happy. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting you bring up that point, Linda, because it'll be weird weird interesting whatever you want to call it to see how free agency shakes out in general not just with real real muto and other guys who are seeking like really big contracts um who are like the top target free agents um it'll be interesting how it kind of trickles down so to speak and affects everyone because obviously the past few a uh, couple off seasons, the the labor environment has been tense at best, and those tensions have not gone away. The end of the collective bargaining agreement looms over the heads of baseball mm. collectively, and so that's not gone away. So the labor tensions remain high. Like those kind of like they left on bitter terms with that. Like they set it aside because eventually because of like COVID and, and having to deal with that. But like they didn't end it on like very like they didn't, there wasn't really closure there with that argument that they were having. Um, so that, that remains an issue. And then obviously COVID screws up everything because there was such a, like a short, a small sample size in this short season. So who knows how teams are evaluating how players performed this season and whether to take that seriously or how seriously to take 2020 performances and account for that when they're considering free agent offers so it's going to be interesting to see I don't know see but the other thing too is kind of intriguing um is Sanchez on the Yankees like he was awful and I wonder if they can move on from him and, like, you know what he's done in the past. So I don't know if he could maybe be had for... But do you really want to risk another Wilson Ramos season? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, um, I think it was uh, Disha Thosar of uh, the New York Daily News reported that um, the Mets and Yankees could potentially end up in a, a crosstown rival bidding war over yeah. JT Real Muto because the Yankees, I think, are you know, kind of have kind of soured on Gary Sanchez. And so they might, they might be in the catching market as well, um, given that. And so, yeah, she, she wrote a story about that, about how the Mets and Yankees might both be fighting over Rio Muto, which will be interesting. Usually the Mets and Yankees aren't fighting over the same free agents um, no, because the Yankees no. are in play for the top tier guys and the Mets aren't, but this year might be a different story. So seeing the Mets and Yankees like duke it out over a free agent would be something we haven't seen in quite some time. On the, I think a good backup is McCann from the White Sox. I believe he's yeah. a free agent. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that he would be mine. The, the second best and then, option. And yeah. then you could spend big money on, let's say, like a George Springer or trade for Lindor or trade for Arenado or just have pie in the sky dreams. Like the world is our oyster now. 
Yeah, I, I wrote George Springer down, so like the trifecta of dudes that I wrote down as far as who I think the Mets should target primarily are Real Muto, George Springer, and Marcus Stroman. Um, yeah. Those are three big needs the Mets have. The Mets have a huge gap at catcher. They have a big hole in center field because, let's face it, we've already talked about this extensively on the podcast before. Brandon Nimmo, love him. He's not a center fielder. Um, at least last season, he wasn't good at it. So they really need to get a tried and true center fielder. George Springer's out there. Um, I know that he has the Astros uh, stain on him, but so did J.D. Davis, and that worked out pretty well for the Mets. So not, yeah. as, not as big of a stain, obviously, because George Springer's a much more prominent member of that Astros club. However, um, he's performing quite well this year, uh, despite, uh, I guess, not cheating. So, um, <laughs> As far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know, not cheating. And obviously... Uh, we'll get into this further in the uh, later in the show, but this podcast is extremely pro Marcus Stroman. Um, so I would love to see the Mets bring him back. Um, they obviously need more pitching help than just that. They need to sign multiple pitchers, but Stroman would be, you know, the top of that tier. I'd like someone I'd like to see as far as the rotation is concerned besides Stroman. I'd like to see them pursue Tanaka. I think that that would be a good choice. Um, I uh, see his UCL still scares me. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, but wait, does Tanaka have an opt out? Uh, or yeah. I think he's a free agent. He's a free agent. I'm looking. Hang on. He's a free Come on, agent. load. I thought he was just straight up free yeah, agent. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought Tanaka was well, a free agent. Well, if Sport Track ever loads, <laughs> I have a little <laughs> spinning white wheel here. Come I can on. I can like try to uh, do a little race, and I can go to Cots. And see if Cots or Sport Rack comes through first. Yeah, I think both him and Paxton are free agents. I thought so as well. Also, a Springer comp would be another, well, not a comp, but Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's a straight free agent. Yes. Okay, interesting. Oh, this is an interesting list. There's, like we mentioned on the last podcast, there's a lot of dudes who are like the definition of fine after yes. like Strowman. I mean, well, I, I think Tanaka is uh, more than fine. Just health problems are the issue with him. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think if he's healthy, he's good. <laughs> fine is fine. We need fine. We had like nothing this year behind the drum, so fine is great. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we need we need fine. If Stephen Matz had just been fine, maybe the Mets would be literally in the playoffs right now. Uh, yeah, what a fascinating list this is. I am curious to see what clubs are going to pick up options and what clubs are not. This yeah. is a very it's interesting. It's going to be a weird list. free agency. It'll be interesting to see what clubs give qualifying offers and what clubs do. Yes. Because that, because that's another. more offers like 18. It's 18 million, I think. Yes. This year. Yeah. Yes. I think that's correct. Because that's another thing that the Mets could do with Marcus Stroman is they could give him a qualifying offer. Um, and then if he doesn't <gasps> sign with Mets, he they at least get a draft pick. Yeah. Sean Doolittle's a free agent. He sure ah! is. He sure yeah. is. That's correct. Come to the Mets, Sean. That would but be great. I don't know how good he is. He, he might be washed, but I want him on the Mets yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they can afford to take that chance with yeah, the bullpen they, probably they have. With their bullpen house of cards, but... You know, yeah. sign, like, a bunch of dudes, including him. Yeah, yeah. Th that's fine. Like, I don't know if you saw the article today. 
I think it was from MLB.com about Lindor, and it listed the Mets as number one. It's like, this I know. is weird. I was like, like, that's kind of odd. I mean, like, not that I yeah. wouldn't love to have Francisco Lindor on my team. God, like, he's, I, I would die. He's so good. I would love to have him on my team. But, like, the Mets have, like, a kind of a logjam at shortstop already. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess you would have to trade one of them. Yeah, I mean, you would, mm. uh, in theory, if you're trading for Lindor, you're trading one of those two players in that trade. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, you know, actually, I sh- <laughs> hell. The Mets like, being in on dudes, though, is kind yeah. of refreshing. Though. And, like, hell, hate on me, people, but I, I would trade either of those two either of our current shortstop options to get francisco i do it i would would trade maybe one and not the other although i'm attached to both of them yeah but But i mean lindor is like the best there's no if one had to go i would say rosario yeah i mean they're not gonna do that because you would be selling low yeah yeah but they just would like never Jimenez, Jimenez has just too much potential, and he's but it's still literally a baby. Francisco Lindor. Though. It's literally Francisco That's Lindor, true. and it would also be like like that. That would uh, uh, that would not be all. By the way, you would not be doing a straight up trade and be like part of a no, pack. No, no, of course not. Of course yeah. not. So, and I mean, the Mets don't really have much of a farm to speak of. But, you know, and people people like to complain about, like, you know, the Mets and, the like, the Stroman trade and the, the Diaz-Cano trade and, like, the emptying of the farm and stuff like that. But if they did that for Lindor and then, you know, if you do that, like, a la Dodgers and then extend the man, yeah. then it's worth it. Like, that's what oh. you need to do. Like... Come on, like you make the Mookie Betts trade every time because then you just extend Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. You do the same. Francisco Lindor is a similar franchise level player. You trade for him and then you extend him. Well, and then also there's reports like you know the Rockies want to move on from Arnada, the Cubs want to move in for Brian. It's so and sad. I was like, we it's could like... dream about this now. Well, it's sad it's for those those Rockies. teams. It though, really is. It's like the franchise player so is dead. It's sad. Yeah. My heart would break for Rockies fans if we traded for Arnada. Which is, I mean, I would be sad. I would be but happy I would also for love us. Yeah. Oh, I would give anything for Arnado. Wait, I'm just like, okay, hang on. I'm like so out of the loop on this. I didn't even realize that the Rockies were looking to to trade Arenado because didn't they just sign him to a long term? They wanted to do it in the. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, from. They just extended him, but then over the offseason, there were rumors that they were going to trade him. And then they did. It got ugly. Yeah, Yeah, and Arenado kind of was like, fine, peace. Like, he was, like, out on them, almost. Oh, like, man. Yeah, yeah, him and the GM had some words. Oh, like, dear. Yeah. So that and relationship is, like, pretty strained at this point. And I feel like, I guess they promised him they would build a winner, and then they ended up selling. Yeah. And he's just tired of losing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Aye, aye, aye. Speaking yeah. of building oh. a winner, though, 
Um, there's, <laughs> there's some early indicators that, I mean, obviously we still don't know. We, I mean, we don't even know who like Steve Cohen ha- is going to hire as GM, et cetera. If he's going to keep Brody, I doubt it, but like, whatever, we don't know what his style is going to be. We have yet to see how his first off season is going to go as Mets owner, but we have some early positive indicators of his ownership style, um, at least, you know, from early reports. So we two things have come out in the past, like, couple of days. Um, the first is that he wants the Mets to become more analytical than they are right now, which is nice. Uh, the headline of the New York Post report is, Steve Cohen to blow up Wilpon's archaic Mets technology, uh, which <laughs> I, is a good story. I said to that, is there anything to actually blow up? You said no. more analytical, and I was like, "Are they? Do they have an analytics department like at all?" I thought it was I just like, it's like I think one, it's like one dude two, by himself in front of a computer. My computer. That just makes what weird. Jacob Degrom has done to me like all the more impressive, because I think that means he's like doing it on his own or like with the co- help of the pitching coach, and that's it. Well, there was uh, I don't know if you read the article, but it said they were like somebody came to like demonstrate, I think like motion capture to them. So like people yeah. they could like analyze their swings and stuff. And it cost $150,000. And Jeff Lopon said no. Of course he did. Was it Jeff or Fred? No, that was Jeff. Well, it said the Mets passed. So it could have been both. It could have been. Because I was reading Fred. I was reading Jeff. I probably was both. Well, it said cameras were installed in City Field for a test trial, which concluded with a presentation to Team COO Jeff Wilpon. The price tag was $150,000. The Mets passed. Yeah. So I'm guessing Jeffy. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. Well, and then also they were saying... Like, they, there's a new app that you can, like, load data into. And it's, like, the problem is, like, you need data to load. And the Mets don't have any. Unless you like, take the notes from Pete Alonzo's notebook. <laughs> Pete is their analytics department right now. Come on, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> well, and also, you know, I was listening to some, like, talking head after the Yankees lost about how, you know, the Rays are so, like, super analytical. and But the Yankees kind of, like, half-assed it. Like, because then they put Jay Happ in a situation he wasn't really used to. But the Yankees like to tout that, like, they're so into anal- analytics. And this is what the analytics told them. And you need the human element and all this stuff. So, like, they were kind of going back and forth about, like, you know kind of like half-assing analytics which is kind of what the Yankees are doing because they didn't go all in like the Rays in like the Rays are used to being in weird positions because they do it all year and the Yankees aren't so but it's like but compare that to with the Mets who like no ass analytics <laughs> zero like, asses are happening yeah <laughs> like I'm surprised they ever won a game ever considering just how like they're, they're like they're starting from scratch, basically. Yeah. Like oh, look at like even the Yankees half-assing it still got them to the playoffs. They still had a good year. Well, I mean, uh, they struggled I was time, but, gonna say, you know, aren't they still under investigation for cheating though? Yeah, in theory. 
theory. In theory, that's been swept like by the wayside. All of those teams being investigated. Yeah. God, they, like all those teams got. That was just like pure dumb luck. Not to even call this pandemic luck, but that 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 there was such there was a much more important thing that distracted from what they, what all these teams potentially allegedly did or did. And I mean, you're talking about, we were talking about this in amazing Avenue Slack recently. And like the only person who is going to face any actual repercussions from the Astros cheating scandal is Carlos Beltran. Yeah. I mean, they're already talking about hiring Hinch and Cora, like the white Sox. So it's I like, just saw it. Wait, where was that tweet that I just saw? Hang on. Ugh. Talk while like, I find I a tweet. Like, people were advocate, even going so far as to advocate for those hirings. It's like, oh, cool. So we're just, we're, we're not even going to pretend to have morals anymore, huh? Exactly. And we already talked about how if A-Rod had bought the Mets... Like, he might have hired Jeff Lunau. There was, like, buzz around that happening. And, like, there's still buzz around Jeff Lunau, like, potentially getting back into the game. So even he isn't blacklisted. Yet Carlos Beltran is. It's it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Um, and Cora was kind of the mastermind. Like, and he he was the master, one of the masterminds in Houston. And they did it again He in did Boston. it with two teams. And he's still going to get yeah. a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other indicator that, um, that Steve Cohen is like, you know, doing all the right things early on, um, is that, uh, today we learned from a report from Joel Sherman of the Post, um, that, uh, Steve Cohen is going to pay, uh, the stadium workers, um, a stipend, um, to make up for it both going forward and he's going to basically give them back pay from when they weren't, um, working because of COVID. Um, so yeah, it says here, I'll read straight from the report. Cohen worked out a deal with the three unions that represent CD Field seasonal employees, such as food service workers, janitors, and security guards, that if he is approved to become Mets owner, he would pay each $500 a month this offseason to financially assist those who did not work a single game amidst the pandemic in 2020, the Post has learned. The deal would cover 1,140 workers over five months, so basically $2,500 per person between November and opening day. That's $2.85, That's a $2.85 million commitment if, the, if Cohen's ownership is approved. Um, so that's, that's good. I mean, like, yeah. that is the right thing to do. Um, I mean, I, I, we were talking about this earlier in our chat, um, about like, you know, make no illusions that he is also doing this because it's a good baseball decision. Like it's a good business decision to do this. Um, it makes him look good. It's good PR, but it is also the right thing to do. So I'm glad he's doing it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what his reasons are. It's it's helping people. Like people will benefit from it. So, and it's a nice change from the Wilpons basically needing to be shamed to even like extend their benefits for a month. Like, when was it? Back in May, I think. Like they were one of the last teams to say they were going to pay their workers. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but I remember that they needed to be shamed into doing it. So at least he's coming out and saying it now so these people don't have to worry about when their next paycheck is gonna be yep so that's good um good stuff um the stadium workers are like deserve this (laughs) they they have 
been dealt a really raw deal from COVID. Yes. Um, yeah. Through so, no fault of their own. Through no fault of their own. And so, and, you know, the fact that um, Cohen is ending um, the Wilpon era, like COVID cuts, just goes to show the benefits of that go beyond just like, you know, building a good baseball team, uh, the benefits that come with an ownership group that actually has money. So. See, I was tweeting back and forth with Nick Francona for a while, and I forget what we were even, how we got on the subject or what led to it. But, um, like, who would want to work for the Mets? Like, they just seemed so dysfunctional. Like, they didn't take care of people. It's just, so it's like, who would want to go and work there? Like, even if you were willing to pay for good people, nobody would want to stay. Right. And, and then if they were always walking on eggshells, if Jeff was always in a bad mood or, you know, Existing. something, then, then it's hard to keep good people, too. So at least maybe if you do have a culture change, you can attract, like, good people into your organization. And that can make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Yes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So our final Mets topic, which kind of transitions to our general baseball topic because it's like all connected in a way, is um, so we talked about Marcus Stroman as being a top, um, you know, priority for the offseason. Um, and it, is it, it there has been discourse today um online Ugh. about the severe double standard that exists when it comes to how Mets fans view Marcus Stroman and how Mets fans view Trevor Bauer who many covet Ugh. as a free agent acquisition because he is as far as the most recent numbers are concerned he is the best starting pitching pitcher available in free agency because he is the likely the Cy most- Young award winner um, the most recent small sample size yes, numbers. Exactly. I would like yes. to stress. pine tar enhanced <laughs> yes. numbers. Um, and yes. I, as I pointed out, numbers. as I pointed out to even many well-meaning people who were like, "I don't want him on my team, but he's still the better pitcher of the two. I was like, "Please pump the brakes on that because Marcus Stroman's career numbers are still better than Trevor Bauer's at this time despite Trevor Bauer having coming off an elite season. So even putting that into his into his career numbers, Marcus Stroman's career is still a better career as of right now. That mm-hmm. might change. We don't know what the future holds for either of these two pitchers, but for right now, Marcus Stroman's still the better pitcher. 
Um, I was also going to say Bauer this season played against what I would call a really weak NL Central and AL Central a lot. Yeah. So, like, they had seven teams in the playoffs. You'd think, like, law of numbers or stats or whatever averages would say one of those teams would have made it to the NLDS or the NLCS now, and none of them did. Yeah, well, the Brewers no. set records for offensive futility. The Brewers were bad. Very bad. Like, but according to, you know, Bauer, because you made the playoffs this year, that means you're amazing and numbers be damned. Playoffs, I guess. Make you great. Trump everything. Aren't Ast- yeah. I was going to say, aren't the Astros in with a sub 500 record? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the Tigers. I hate sixteen teams. I hate sixteen teams in the playoffs. Like, it's so... yeah, and also you, you get to face the Pirates. You have the Pirates multiple times. Yep. Yep. <sighs> um. So yeah. Um. But this kind of was all spurred on by um. There was a tweet um about someone, and I'm not even gonna like name the at because it's just it's the person's not important, and I don't even know who they are. There's some nobody. Um. They tweeted about, like, how they were mad that Stroman was live-tweeting the Braves-Dodgers game, which, like, what a thing to be mad about, first of all. that's I know. Um, all season long, not one tweet about the Mets. Way to support your teammates, although I use teammates loosely. And it's just, like, there's so much wrong with that. But, like, and I'm not trying to, like, call this person out specifically because it is representative of like I wouldn't be talking about this on the podcast if it was just a one-off tweet that I saw but this is representative of how a lot of people actually feel about Stroman and that's why I'm mentioning it because like lots of people ever since his opt-out see him as like this selfish player um and I just think that's so off base it's completely the opposite of what evidence indicates and like First of all, the tweet isn't even true. He tweeted about the Mets plenty during the season. If the if the 2020 Mets gave him more highlights to tweet, I'm sure he would tweet about it. Um, yes. But they are, they are, you know, not in the playoffs right now. He's tweeting about teams that are in the playoffs. The Mets are not there. Um, and he made a lot of tweets about the Mets. He tweeted about how over and over again about how DeGrom's the best in the game. He loves learning from him, et cetera, et cetera. Linda, you found the tweet how he just recently tweeted about Jeremy Hefner and how he's a good pitching yesterday. coach. Yesterday. Yeah. Like, yesterday. It's not even true. He's been tweeting about the Mets. Um, but it's and it's just it's such it's such garbage, you guys, how people like say this stuff about Stroman and treat him like this selfish player because he like says stuff online they disagree with but then they but then they covet Bauer for doing like the exact same thing except actually being an asshole all the time well and Marcus Stroman cited health reasons and he said it was a family decision he said and Florida was a concern and what happened when they went to Florida this year uh-huh. Two people got sick. Tomas like, Nito got COVID and never came back. Yeah. Never no. came his back. So his were... concerns were 100% legitimate. Yes. And anyone and was... who opted out, I think, had that concern. It's a pandemic. Ugh. And like, that doesn't make him selfish. It makes him a good son, a good brother, a good friend, a good... You know, and... 
even if it wasn't for that, he, he has every right to look out for his own body, too. Yes. We don't know what's wrong with Nito. He never came back. <laughs> also, just... I was just thinking, like, how Strowman's engaging, like, really hilariously with Mets fans right now. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's Yo, so good. He had good. such a good day. I love him so much. <laughs> the juxtaposition of how, like, Strowman has been engaging online today versus Bauer is has been awesome and has only proved the it... point even more. I was going to say, it just, it was so crystal clear. Like, it couldn't have gone any better. The fact that Bauer was his normal shitty self, like, took today to be his normal shitty self. Yeah, the events, like, literally happened to converge. Like, they were kind of two separate discourses for a while. Because, like, it was only because Mets fans were, like, coveting Bauer as a free agent that that these comparisons were made. It's like, hmm, I wonder why this one outspoken pitcher versus this other one is different, are different things to you. And one of them is just, like, edgy and speaking his mind when he's harassing women. And this one who's, like, you know speaking out against racism and speaking for social justice is like selfish or whatever or like you know like like those are rocking the, same the boat and not shutting up and dribbling or whatever it's like hmm i wonder why you feel this way about bauer and this way about Strowman. can't quite put my finger on it hmm. anyway yeah what's the difference hmm. huh? spot the difference people um but yeah, so these these two things kind of happened to converge because there was the discourse surrounding like, oh, you're standing Trevor Bauer and wanting him. Well, he's like an actual asshole versus like you think Strowman's an asshole when he isn't. And then like literally as if to emerge from the shadows and prove the point, Bauer harasses <laughs> another woman online. Like like fucking clockwork. And like, it's, I, know. I was like, oh my God, it's like someone like rubbed the lamp and the genie popped out. <laughs> from the depths of hell like he's not here to grant you i was gonna say genie's too kind of a term sorry yeah i that's not the right term but like you know what i'm saying it's like it's yeah. almost like you it's like you spoke his name in the mirror three times and he just like appeared behind you and was like i'm harassing yeah. a woman online <laughs> like unaware of all of this discourse out he pops and so like some you know like all off season he's been like his tweets have been pretty pathetic all off season because it's just been like it's like don't you have better things to do than just like tweeting at every team and being like seems like you need some pitching seems like you need some pitching at yankees at dodgers at anybody knows very desperate it's like really sad and so like that's what he's been spending his days doing bauer and then like all of a sudden he he found i guess like one random woman in his replies was like we don't want you on the Dodgers, basically. She was a Dodgers fan. Like, we don't want you on the Dodgers. And he just picks this person out of all the people in his replies saying both positive and negative things, I'm sure. He just picks this one woman who has, like, 140 followers. She's just, like, a random person who just said that she didn't want him on her team. And he, like, quote tweets her and is like, oh, where's the tweet? He quote tweets her and he says... Hey, at Dodgers fans. So again, he tags the team. So not only, so that that's a thing I feel like is like not being talked about enough with this. Not only is he sicking, he's, is he using his platform of his hundreds of thousands of followers that he has? He's tagging the team that has, how many followers does, does at Dodgers have? Let's see, 2.2 million. Like millions. Right? <laughs> I mean, obviously the, I'm sure that the Dodgers social media intern is not going to like harass this woman, but still he's like tagging the team Twitter. Hey, at Dodgers fans is 
is Megan your official spokesperson? Should I cancel my trip to LA or dot, 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 question mark? Please advise. So, like, he knows exactly, like, people who are like, he's not harassing her. He didn't say anything mean. That's not what this is about. He knows exactly what he's doing when he tweets these things. You don't have to say, like, outright mean things to be, like, to be harassing women. He knows that his 300 and something thousand followers are now going to be in this woman's replies saying horrific we'll things. We'll do the her, work for him. Which yeah. is exactly what happened. Did. Yeah, she got death threats. Like, and he knows this. He knows the power dynamics that are at play. Let's not pretend he and doesn't know. He absolutely know. encourages. This it. is not just he, him. He doesn't care. This no. is not just him kidding around. Like, and and he and he made another tweet like around the same time that was like, "Oh, Justin!" Like someone criticized him for this tweet that he made at this woman and was like, "Oh, guys, Justin has spoken. I can't have fun and interact with my fans online." It's like he knows this isn't harmless fun, and he's making himself out to be the victim when he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Like, it's not harmless fun, and he knows it, and and he should know because he complained about that other girl, like, he went after her for 12 straight hours, like, yeah. you, you know, how do we, you know that you don't like being tweeted at or whatever, you think she does for 12 straight hours? By you like, and all your You can't followers. have it both ways. Like, like, he just get like, the, the difference between what happens to him when he tweets and what happens to the people he targets when he tweets is, is vast. It's a vast difference. Yeah. Like yeah, he maybe gets some like, fun. yeah, it's not fun for her. He maybe gets some people that are like, Hey Trevor, like shut up, man. But she gets like death threats in her DMS now because of you. Yeah. And you don't and know how many of those are off. serious. Yep. And I'm just, I won't say who, but a certain Mets beat writer liked that tweet. Which tweet? Oh. The second one, how it's just harmless fun. Oh, my God. oh, I was gonna say, let me. I'm gonna like uh, wait. I just I know wanna... which one it is. I know which one it is. I think I actually didn't know. I think so too. No, no, it's no. not Martino. And I will it's say not that Martino. It's not. It's not no, that was not. That's not the one I'm thinking. We'll talk of. about. We'll talk about Andy Martino of Metsblog.com in a minute. But Ugh. it's not him. I think it's. Um, <laughs> we're we're secretly doing it in the chat right now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Strong uh, radio content here, but uh, I think it's. Oh I my god. Okay. Oh my god. I was like, wait. <laughs> it's Am somebody. I, gonna... I know who wait. it is. <laughs> i it nailed it anyway so like, we're not gonna call this person out because they because they like i don't know this is kind of one of the like first examples of them being trash so it's fine whatever uh, they've had hints they've the had past. hints but like here's yeah, the who, like, here's the bigger maybe. point that's way more important than one specific mets beat writer is that the baseball media props up trevor bauer yes that's they, the problem they, that's they absolutely I, yeah. do and yeah, they think he's edgy. And they think he's edgy and cool. And like, he, it's because he gives them good quotes. And so he makes their jobs yep. easier because he gives them stuff to write about because he's constantly like, like mouthing off on Twitter thrusting or like himself, on his YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. Yep. And like, he's you thrusting know, himself into the spotlight because yeah. some of, because some of what he's, because some of his outspoken nature 
because it's such a because it's a mixed bag and some of the stuff he says is like stuff that a lot of people agree with where he like calls out ownership and like baseball and like when they do screwed up stuff with like labor stuff like he's not wrong about those things but he's also not the only one calling out that stuff and you guys can choose other people to stand I promise you (laughs) like and uh, so there's a whole nother dimension to this instance of his harassment because his agent jumped into the the fray this time and so this kind of harkens back to when i got suspended from twitter for trying to you know bring these issues to light um and his like really long rap sheet of doing stuff like this is like (laughs) i think his agent might be the person that reported me and i have pretty strong you know like I have a strong feeling that it might have been her. And this time around, with this particular instance of harassment, she went in on Twitter and was defending him against, was defending him against, you know, uh, accusations of sexism, correct accusations of sexism from people. And then, so, you know, one of... And uh, then blocking them. And then blocking them instantly. Um, And so, uh, Stacy, who's one of the cool people on baseball twitter you should follow stacy i will i will shout her tweet um in the uh in the show notes or in the show notes in the tweets of this episode um but she like basically like rachel trevor's agent tweeted that her being a female is irrelevant in this exchange and she came at him first saying negative things to him and he responded to her so basically like she's parroting the same line that many of his other stands parrot which is just like He's just defending himself, which is just like, he's the athlete. He should be able to handle this criticism. This is a random ass person and you're sending 315,000 people after them. It's not the same thing as like people in your replies being like, I don't want my team to sign you. That is not, they're not the same. Um, And her being a female is absolutely relevant. A female. By the way, anyone who refers to women as females, big red flag. Red flag. Red flag. Um. And so Stacy tweeted, it's fitting that your Trevor Bowers agent keeps sticking up for his harassment of women on the internet. It's a really good look. And then once again, they always try to turn themselves around to make them look like the victims. So she, so the agent, Rachel tweeted, I guess this is another example of verified accounts harassing non-verified normal people oh. on Twitter, which is such a disingenuous bullshit thing because Rachel has, like, Stacy is verified, but she has like 8,000 followers and Rachel has like 22,000 or something like that. Say, and Rachel jumped in with both feet here don't give me that crap yeah so it's just like it's, it's like so, she it's, inserted herself into this it's so such bullshit here. and the dynamics of this are all messed up because she has several conflicting interests happening at once here because not only so she's his she's his agent so obviously like when he when when bad things happen to his image she is negatively impacted as well because her income is dependent in part on his income so there's that aspect of it and then there's also the aspect that they're dating <laughs> yeah which i don't oh feel bad about saying publicly because that is also available on twitter if you know where to look for it yeah. i'll just say that that's not a conflict of interest at all hmm. No, no, no. Like the whole situation is just. Eh. I mean, it's I, so gross. Me and Allison were talking about this, but it's just icky. Like it's, icky. it's, it's the whole. It's it's icky. Like the power dynamics of all of it are yeah. extremely icky. Like, could she, does she feel like she could ever break up with him? Because then she could lose like 
I think he's either her only client or her biggest client. Well, let's say. Hang on. I'll do a Google search on this one. I think she also represents um, professional softball players, and clearly they don't make the income that Trevor Bauer makes. No. So. No. So but he's I'm not kind sure. of important. I don't to think her she business. has any other professional baseball clients, as far as I know. Let's say. Clients represents. And this oh, is all public says... information. We're not revealing yeah, I'm anything. Not like, I mean, yeah. like, the 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 dating part is something that might take a little digging, but it's not. It, it is publicly available on Twitter for your consumption if you know where to look. <laughs> and it's amazing. And it's amazing. Luba Sports <laughs> represents MLB players, MLB coaches, along with professional softball players. But does I not lament, specify which I one. lament the uh, the um, deletion of my Twitter thread because it was in there. <laughs> I know. And now it's gone it forever. So no, but it's still on the internet. I it's just not in my Twitter thread, but it was there. Um, just you know, look for exchanges between between Bauer and other professional baseball players sometime around late May. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you can find some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> know, like, like you said, like even though they reported it, they still kept it up, and that's not the tweet they reported. Yeah, yeah. Whoever reported me, the like so they tweet have no that change. contained the evidence that Bauer and his agent are, if not dating, a little too cozy, um, is uh, was not the, one of the tweets that was reported in the yep. thread. So that's interesting. Um, so the, it's clear the tweets that they care about negatively affecting his image are the accusations of, uh, you know, targeted harassment and racism, et cetera, which are all true. But those are clearly the things they are more concerned about his public image with, not his conflict of interest with his agent. Oh, my God. And, the whole yeah, thing so is just a mess. The whole thing is, like, really, really desperate housewivesy and weird. Um, and could I just point out that Marcus Stroman doesn't do any of this? Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no ick factor. There's no harassment there's cute, women. There's cute dogs. There's cute dogs. There's cute puppies. Yes. There's, you know, he supports his brother. He, he supports his family. He does a lot family. of nice charity work. He, he does great charity work. Like, he's just generally awesome. Yeah, he's just a good guy. And he's fun to root for. Like, I would be embarrassed as a fan if my team signed Trevor Bauer. Just completely embarrassed. Yeah, like, like, do you yeah, guys he's really want team. that mess on your team? I don't. No, where, like, people, like, are kind of, like, just ashamed? Is that how you want your fans to feel? And I just want to point out a specific interaction of Marcus Stroman's from today because there are so many good ones. You should just, like, scroll through Marcus Stroman's tweets and replies from the past, like, couple of days because they're all gold. But um, I'm just personally <laughs> proud of the fact that he replied to one of my tweets, which is – so, like, I tweeted a thread that was basically, like I, – I quote tweeted that person who made the garbage tweet about, like – being mad that Marcus Stroman was live tweeting the Braves Dodgers game. But then I went on to say, 
reasons they don't like Strowman. He speaks his mind and is all about himself, bad teammate. Reasons they want Bauer, literally those exact personality traits, wonder what the difference is, aka what we've been saying. And Strowman replied to me, we all know the reason. LOL, it's all good though. I can take it. Death threats and racists in my DMs constantly. I get satisfaction in knowing I'm living a way better life than them. Their jealousy is comical at this point. It's only affecting their own lives. Strowman's Twitter is so good because it's just like, like, him, Drop the mic. Him vibing. Like, like Strowman's tweets and, like, response to people hating on him is just, like, him vibing and drinking, like, glasses of wine on his private jet. Whereas, like, Trevor Bauer's response is to, like, get mad online and, like, harass people. And, and like, pretend at, he's not mad. And, pret- and then, like, don't put it in the papers that I got mad. And then, like, tweeting at, like, various teams being like, need a pitcher, need a pitcher, need a pitcher. I'm going to win the Cy Young. By the way, have I mentioned? Have I mentioned? Hey, you know, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Is that why people think he's good? Because he just constantly tells you how good he is? Well, say it enough times. Yell it into a mic enough. And uh, people are not very nuanced. No. So, like, like, that thought kind of dawned on me today, like, He's the only one saying how great he is. He's got a tout. Like, like the other day, he had this lame tweet about, like, how he embarrassed Christian Yelich with a pitch or something. And it was one of those stupid how it started, how it ended kind of things. Because he's terminally online and it was memes. Um, And so it's like, yeah, he has no shame. He has to keep shoving it head down your throat how great he is. So that also makes me think the lady doth protest too much and that he knows he's cheating and has to tell you, no, no, I'm really good. I'm really good. Just pay no attention to the man behind the curtain because look, look at me. Look at how great I am. I embarrassed Christian Yelich. Um, so, yeah. In it's a just... shortened pandemic season. Yeah. Small so... sample sizes and screwed up spring training. Yeah, so that's what I also think might be skewing people's judgments of him because Marcus Stroman is just like, yeah, I'm working hard. Um, you know, getting ready, getting stronger. I'm getting my mind right. Like that's fine, but it's not. I'm the best. Like he he'll say I want to be the best, but he's not telling you he is. Unlike other people. Yep. Yep. God, can we not talk about him anymore? <laughs> I know he makes me so irrationally like like else and the fact that media, the media props him up and it's just it's, it's exhausting like yeah you just want to scream and nobody listens and the fact and like we'll move on from uh, Bauer himself because he's not worth any more time no um but the media the to the point of the media propping him up what makes it you know all the more infuriating is that they like. Basically, they never ask the important questions or, like, delve into, like, hold people accountable for the important stuff. Instead, they, like, do this fake performative, like, holding people accountable for stuff that fans don't actually care about and are, like, journalism, for example... <laughs> One oh, of the funnier instances of this. We we told you guys we'd get to Andy Martino <laughs> of Metzlog.com. Here we are. Oh, my God. So... 
I guess after, so basically, so I haven't been watching the playoffs like at all. So excuse my ignorance at this point. I basically get them filtered through Twitter. So the only way I know what's happening in the playoffs, I watched one parentheses, one inning of the playoffs and it was when the Yankees got eliminated. That was all I needed to see. I'm That's all I needed to see. Um, And so, but anyway, you know, the, the Braves uh, are, are skewering the Dodgers, even as we podcast. Um, and seven to three in the bottom of the eighth. Yes. Um, and they beat the Dodgers five to one in the first game of the NLCS and Walker Bueller pitched and he pitched poorly, but many remarked on his very tight pants. He was like, apparently he's like pretty well known for wearing tight pants already. Like he just kind of wears his pants on the tighter side, but apparently they were especially tight. <laughs> uh, uh, during Everybody's his- talking about my tight pants. I got my tight <laughs> pants i got my tight pants on sorry i just had to make that reference no they were basically leggings yeah they were basically leggings like about i'm god damn it he's even in my 40 inch slips now get out of my head um (laughs) (laughs) bueller um is apparently wearing yoga pants to pitch now which is fine you know fashion and it's called fashion sweetie um like you wear you want but Anyway, he, he was upset because obviously his team lost. He didn't pitch well. And so he was sitting at the post-game presser and someone asked him about his pants and he was like, now's not the time or the place, man. And he got like really mad and like got up, which hard to blame him. But then like <laughs> Andy Martino of MetsBlog.com like quote tweeted the video of it and wrote and I like at first I, I read it twice to make sure that he wasn't like making a joke or like being ironic and I don't think he was I think he was being actually sincere he tweeted this question absolutely had to be asked by the way would have been an indictment on all reporters present if he hadn't it sucks to do it after a loss but it was still part of the story Bueller's answer is incorrect though his emotional state is understandable I love there's so many layers to that that it kills me so one layer number one the question absolutely <laughs> had to be asked <laughs> no it didn't no it didn't <laughs> like he's acting like again like the media acts like like they don't actually like hold people accountable for like really for like actual bad behavior stuff instead they like pretend that asking a dude about his pants is like accountability <laughs> So, like, question had to be asked. Num- layer number two would have been an indictment on all reporters present if he had it. What? How does this involve everyone present? <laughs> and like I said, because we were chatting about this before we hit record, a woman could not have asked that question no. without getting absolutely killed for it. Absolutely. Like, true. if there was a, a woman in that room oh, who was doing her job, they would have been like, oh, she was looking at his ass, or oh, she only cares about fashion, go back to the mall. Like, she would have been killed if a woman had asked that question. So don't give me that, Martino. No. Hell, that's not an indictment. An indictment on all presence. about the game instead of the pants. Like, that's not how journalism works, an indictment on everyone. I think presence. he's... I think part of him is just trolling. He knows he's a troll on Twitter at this point. So he just does it to get a reaction out of everybody. And I believe his tweet has been ratioed. Oh, Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. Big time. Okay. He's still getting like clicks and attention and in a twisted way. I think it's what he wants. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he, he wants attention and it's what, and it's also what Trevor Bauer wants too, which is why, I like hate talking about ah! him 
um because because he wants attention but um (laughs) anyway so the third layer to this is that that like killed me is bueller's answer is incorrect how can you give an incorrect (laughs) answer about your pants you're okay like what like what's incorrect about his answer? answer i guess like martino got mad that he like that he like pushed back on the question and didn't and wasn't like you know I've gained some weight since the pandemic so it's like really hard on me to get in my pants. Is that what he wanted? Like I'm very confused about what's incorrect. <laughs> like and like it would have been one thing to even like I still would have disagreed, but it would have been one thing to be like, oh, it was bad form for him to like ignore the question or just like I don't agree with his conduct here. But he said the answer was incorrect. And that's like blows my mind. Like, what are you talking about? A player can't give you an incorrect answer. About like it's pants. how they feel or how they react in the moment. Like, if we want to talk about like emotion and stuff and we want to welcome emotion on the field, which is all good, fine. But then you can't blame him for getting upset about an answer and then go about a question and then calling him incorrect. It's how he feels. Like, hey Walker, what, what's your what's you what was your approach in that fifth inning there with your slider? Sorry, that answer's incorrect. <laughs> exactly. How is that any different? Like, oh, you might not get the answer me. you were expecting, but walking off was still a response. Kills Part me. Part of him is trolling. He just wants the the clicks and the responses, and he wants to rile people up. Yep. And oh. he did. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. favorite, favorite gif is the one from Toy Story where they paint over the Andy. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, why when Steve Cohen buys the Mets, it's like painting over the Andy. <laughs> oh, oh, I cannot it's wait so until good. he's gone. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, okay. Enough enough dunking on specific uh, Mets beat reporters. Um, so... <laughs> But let's let's talk a little, before we move on to walk off wins. Let's talk a little bit about the the playoffs in general. So, like we mentioned, we've got um we've got the NLCS in which there are really no no good guys from a Mets fan perspective. It's the Braves and the Dodgers. Although I think a lot of Mets fans are experiencing like a weird identity crisis because the Braves are actually the more likable team here, um, which I hate to say, but it's true. Um, but I think like they, they cheated less recently. They did cheat less recently. Um, although they have, they did cheat because then it would be the Nationals and the Braves back to back. Both the Braves and the Dodgers have done crimes. Just to be clear, yeah. In case anyone forgot about that, because all the reporters ask about our Walker Bueller's pants, and no one asks about <laughs> crimes. Xlsx. Um, <coughs> so both those teams are, you know. Kind of unlikable, but I would say that the Braves have, like, you know, from the perspective of, like, the players that are on the team, they are more fun. Um, Well, and also, I mean, not to circle back around, but Acuna got my respect when he absolutely dunked on Bauer. Oh, yeah, that was really good, too. That was really good. I liked that a lot. I was like, God damn it, I have to like you now. This is horrible. And we already, like, begrudgingly like Freddie Freeman, and this is just too much. Can't. Stop it. See, I... Cool. I love to hate Freeman, but I also really want Freeman on the Mets. Oh yeah, I desperately it's, want. Where's he gonna play, Kellyanne? <laughs> I know. We'll find some place. Like <laughs> left, fine. right, center. 
Yeah. Like, he'll be your fourth outfielder. Yeah, the Mets will just no, play. I mean, the Mets are entering the analytics age, Linda. They, it, they can play with four outfielders if they want. That's true. That's true. They're going to be playing 40 chess. Yes, with everyone. <laughs> I mean, um, obviously, there's the no league is ready for this. Okay. okay. Yes, this is this is important. Um, but then then we've got um, the ALCS, which I think is actually the more interesting series because you've kind of yes. got the underdog Tampa Bay Rays against the the villain cheater Houston Astros, which is like a fun. You know, it's a fun series. And the thing that makes me like that series, too, above all else, is that it's the series that makes the Yankees fans the most mad um, because yeah. they hate both those teams a lot. So that's pretty great. Um, obviously, also, the, I think that's getting in on the chef's kiss home run yes. of Brasso. Yeah. Oh, my God. So oh my God. that was just good. a nice Glad baseball script. Ending. Yes. Written. I love that stuff. moment. Very good stuff. And well, I think, and, you know, I know, yeah, it was karma for for Chapman, which I get. And he absolutely deserved it. Everyone but loves a lot of people kiss. forget the Yankees originally capitalized on his domestic violence. Oh, yeah. So, yep. so they're not innocent either. So I hope he blows every series from now until eternity for them because they traded him when his to get Glibber Torres and then re-signed him. They capitalized on his domestic violence charge and, you know, got Glibber Torres out of it. And so, you know what? Yeah, so they deserve any, yeah, they deserve any bad Araldis Chapman karma that they get. So. Yep, this is what they wanted. Go ahead. You can reap what you sow now. Here's your closer. Yep, that's what you wanted, right? Every time. Um, uh, somebody made a beautiful a, poetic moment. It is. It makes baseball so beautiful. <laughs> somebody made a video of all the like back to back Araldus Chapman blowing postseason games, and it was so good. Um, but anyway, so then we have uh, I think most like Mets fans and probably most like baseball fans who are like overall agnostic their team isn't in it are probably rooting for the Rays in like the whole thing it's frustrating though because like I'm I mean I'm absolutely rooting for the Rays don't get me wrong like they're clearly the best the most likable team here but like what's frustrating is like there are no true angels ever in baseball because as we've mentioned many times on this podcast because like even the Rays like they're the team that like never never spends any money and they're constantly trying to like save money and never pay arbitration salaries and that's like their whole like mode of operation and so it's kind of annoying to like vindicate that with your fandom yes i i i see i don't know enough about the rays to me they're just a ray of light in this poop fest of a year (laughs) <laughs> and the I said, I said never that in the heard comments. of anyone on the Rays is because they don't spend money. Because they don't spend money, they're yeah, also like, in the AL East, and I don't pay attention to like that many teams outside of the Mets. I like, won't it's lie. Also kind of icky because everybody's like, see, you don't have to spend money to to win. So it's also kind of a a case for not spending money. And Again, then, I yeah. I don't take it that way just because it's been a pandemic shortened season, and I keep that in the back of my head the entire time yeah you don't take it that way but the owners take it that yeah, way. The owners, owners take do. it that way which is the most important because if the rays if the rays thing. win other owners can be like look we're just following the rays model 
Yep. God, this hey, we don't need to actually pay for free year. agents, including Mets fans who still who who are who are still like rewriting history and wishing that the Mets had hired Heim Bloom. Like, yeah, I get that. Like, I get that you don't like Brody Van Wagen, and I don't think that any of us are satisfied with his job performance. But if we had gotten Heim Bloom, like, you best believe Jacob Degrom would not be on the Mets right now. Nope. Ugh. They would have traded him. They absolutely would have traded him. So. Like, that's not, like, raise, trying to raise this is, like, not a better outcome for the Mets. I, like, ugh. Anyway. Well, um, I know the Mets have kind of been linked to both Rays and A's guys. Like, there have been some rumors about that. And, um, I mean, Thomas, Sandy Alderson's a money ball guy, ultimately. Yeah. But so our Thomas Retrust is taking that to mean they're they're not going to spend money. But does that also mean they want smart people? And because those are two like smart organizations who, you know, need smart people because they don't have money. So could this just be a hint that they just want smart people? Yeah, <laughs> I don't that's know. what I'm hoping. I mean, there's a difference between like wanting to be more analytically minded, which is good, like trying to good. get the most out of the players that you have versus taking Moneyball to its natural, like taking dollars per war to its natural conclusion all the way down the line and basically reducing every single player to a spreadsheet. Like there's there's a middle ground there that I think, that I hope the Mets can work in. And, the and I think Sandy could balance that. Yeah. Especially if he's given, I don't want to say free, well, yeah, free reign, essentially, or get more of a rope than he did when he was working with the Will Ponds at the helm. Right. That was the other thing in in the post article that Sandy asked for more analytics, and they said no. And we don't know what Sandy Alderson unshackled actually looks like. So it's like, we can't say like, oh, like Sandy's always been like a, you know, wise spender or like thrifty or like whatever. Like, we don't know what he's gonna do when Cohen gives him more rope to play with. Like, I don't think he's gonna like, you know, like spend short of his budget just because he can because he moneyballed it. Like, <laughs> if he gets more money, he's gonna spend more. Yeah, he's gonna just go after I'll be the wise players about it, that though. help the most. Right. He'll he'll be a smart spender. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, even if they don't... Like, this free agent market, outside of, like, Rayo Muto and Strowman and he who must not be named, who isn't even worth it, um, you know, the market isn't that strong. Um, so I'm fine if they even play it slow for a year, focus on rebuilding the miners... Build up an analytics well, department. Seriously rebuilding the miners. And take Sandy it from it there. Like, I don't know. If, yeah, he absolutely did it. And so I would be okay with that if, like, they told me this is our plan. Um, You know, we're, we're, we want to be competitive this year. We're, we might sign, I don't know, like Springer, Ben Stroman. Fine. That'll win you some ball games, but you might not win the World Series that way. But that's fine. You can build a plan, build depth, and so that they're good consistently instead of, 
oh, let's just hope we we get a Cespedes in the second half and make a run every year. Like that's not a plan. That's not that's not how you are. That's not how you build an organization. And like hope is not a plan. No, it's not. So I would be absolutely fine if they just you know. I mean, Real Muto, I think they need absolutely because they haven't had a catcher for years. But, you know. I mean, you can even get Darnell back. Who who cares at this point? <laughs> Whoa, Justin Turner is a free agent? Is he any good anymore? I really, I haven't been paying attention. He has, well, this, in, this year in the small sample size season, I'm going to keep referring to it as that. He has a 307 average and an OPS of 860. How many games? Because he always seems hurt, too. Oh, that's hits. Um, good question. Like, did he play five games? <laughs> Hang on. Okay, let me B-ref this. Sport track's not helping me on that front. No. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Come on, come on, come on. 150 at-bats. Okay. All right. How many? That's, yeah. I don't know what that translates to, but that seems like a lot. That (laughs) translates to 42 games. Okay, so that's a lot. He must have missed, like, a a, probably about a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's a that's that ship has sailed. I doubt he'd ever come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, has it though? If the Wilpons are gone, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I um, just no. I was just I was reading through Sport Track, and I find that very interesting. I didn't again. Know I'm like looking. I didn't know that either. Or wait, is this? Yeah, no, this is 2021. Yeah, huh. this is a fascinating list. Yadier Molina. Let's get him. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God. Why would you say that? Because that <laughs> I'm trying to troll. I just want to troll everybody right now. Well, did you see that article where Adam Wayne's like, I hope they don't hate me? It's like, you don't get to say that. It's up to <sighs> us if we hate you or not. <laughs> like, well, put the nerve on this guy. I know. It's up to I'm us. Cu- I'm, curious, I'm curious about Jackie Bradley Jr. right now. He would be my backup if they can't get Springer. I wouldn't mind Jackie. I would platoon him and Marisnik, actually. I didn't mind Marisnik. Oh, Jackie Bradley Jr. played in 55 games this year. 283, OPS 814. That's not bad. He's another lefty, which is a problem. Yeah, the Mets are pretty lefty. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm saying you would need... is 1.9, but that's BR. Let's do FR. You would need Marisnik. Yeah. Going to sign him. An uninjured Marisnik. Yes. He was good when he played. I, I, I honestly didn't mind him. No. My uh, my mother loved him. <laughs> <laughs> He's very, his, his 2020 has been very consistent with his career norms as far as uh, offense. 95 DRC+. Plus. Which is, you know, uh, like, he's pretty much an average hitter, more yeah. or less. Um, although, okay. it, what's interesting is, like, he has, he has a, he had a 95 DRC plus, which is normal for his, like, you know, his career, but he had, his warp is 0. 0.0, 0. 
whereas in previous seasons he's been worth at least one warp. But I think it's either because it just wasn't enough games to accrue that much, mm. or or his like defensive value went down somehow. I haven't, I don't have his defensive stats. How do I get? To yeah. Hmm. Defense. Oh, I'm not logged into my baseball prospectus account. That's why I can't see everything. I don't feel like logging in right now. I don't know why it logged me out. But anyway, that's the publicly available stats. But I can look at the defensive stats. I think if I log in, but I'm too lazy to do that right now. Uh, so I assume they must have gone down, but weird season. I don't know. He's a good defensive player, like, overall for his career. Very yeah. good. Um, so who knows? But yeah, so, um, we will finish the show like we do every week with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Surovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my walk-off win is Wednesday was my niece's birthday. She turned seven. Um, and then on Sunday, we had her birthday party. Uh, Unicorn-themed, as you do for a seven-year- seven-year-old girl. Um, Unicorns are the best. Yep. So we played Pin the Horn on the Unicorn. Uh, she had a unicorn pinata. Uh, unicorn cake. She needs to come to my unicorn princess event at my library in December. Is it virtual? Yes. <laughs> okay, I will let her know. Um, yeah, so she had a bounce house. Um, like all the kids from the neighborhood were there. Her cousins were there, so it was just nice to you know. Eh, she's had a tough year, so. She deserved to have a good party and a good day, and um, I think she did. So, happy birthday, Emily. Uh, ah, happy seventh birthday. birthday. Yep. To you. Yeah. you. <laughs> happy birthday, Emily. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, a, I'm a very proud aunt, and I'm, I'm, I'm a very lucky aunt. She's a, she's a sweet kid. So, happy birthday, Emily, to, to many more unicorn birthdays to come. Yes. Each one unique like a unicorn. Yes. Um, Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? I, okay, I have two-ish that not, both of which haven't happened yet, hilariously. Um, so I've been having medical issues this year, and tomorrow I'm getting blood work done to hopefully finally alleviate some of the issues it's going to take another month, but like, that'll be like the beginning of the final process where I'm getting off this medication that's been making my life hell to just put it mildly. I've been sleeping during the day. I've been frustrated, short tempered. Um, so that's tomorrow. And then Friday is another one. Linda knows about it, but I yes. will, I, I, I think we're going to have to put, is it okay if we post it on the Apoto account? Yeah, I so. Okay. That so might that be next week's walk off win. Okay. So that that's a pre next podcast walk off win. <laughs> we have a preview <laughs> for that one. We have a preview for that one. <laughs> so yeah. Um, other than that, things are quiet. I'm happy the Rays are winning. I loved how they got into the ALCS. I just I loved that at bat. I loved that moment. It was a great postseason baseball moment. So that's my walk off win is the Brasso at bat. 
in the final game of the it ALDS. It was so good. It was very it was good. So, it was so cathartic. Okay. <laughs> That's mine. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, my walk-off win for this week um, is um, that not this past weekend, uh, but the weekend before, I went to a wedding, um, and it was a wedding. It was the it was the original planned date for the wedding, but obviously they're doing like a, what a lot of couples are doing, um, which is like having a like a very small ceremony that just involves like the close family and the uh, wedding party, and then next year they're having like the full reception. Um, but I was in the wedding party for this wedding, so I went to it. Um, this a very small gathering of like just the wedding party and the family, um, and it was wonderful. And you know, it, obviously, it wasn't what the bride and groom had in mind when they first got engaged. I'm sure it's not what they envisioned, but um, it was a dear friend of mine from college. Um, we uh, we had a really good time. Um, my other really close friend from college and I were both in the bridal party, so the two of us were there, and the whole bridal party was there. We got a we got our uh, we got our hair done from by one of the groomsmen's uh, uh, girlfriends. I'm actually not sure if she's his girlfriend or his fiance or his wife, whatever his partner. Um, we got the our hair done by her. Like kind of they they we originally had like an outside person that was gonna do our hair, but because like ever, like because of COVID, like none of the um, people who outside people who were originally gonna come came, and so um, but she did our hair and uh, we did our own makeup and it was. It was really lovely, and I had a really nice time. And the fact that what makes this wedding like extra special, um, obviously not just because she's a close friend of mine, and I really am happy seeing her happy um, and getting to celebrate um, the start of their lives together. It's that this particular friend of mine, um, when we were in college, um, got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she uh, beat cancer while finishing her senior year of college in and out of chemo, graduated on time like a badass, and beat cancer, and now she's getting married. Oh my god. Um, So I'm like so proud of Amanda. She's my freaking hero every day, Um, and I'm just so happy to have gotten to stand by her side um, for that day. So that's my walk-off win. That's awesome. And your dress was amazing. I'm obsessed with that dress. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, the bridesmaids dresses so pretty. were really gorgeous. And like she did what a lot of like I feel like what a lot of brides are doing these days, which is just like she picked the color and then like we all got to pick our own um dresses and so uh I got to pick a, a dress that I thought looked good on me and I really like it and it's like I, I remember when I was getting it tailored um because I have to get all my dresses tailored even if they fit pretty well like this one actually fit pretty well but obviously because I'm four foot eleven uh <laughs> there's like six inches of extra fabric on it so um when I was getting it tailored when I was getting hemmed the seamstress like I put it on and like the seamstress was putting the like safety pins in it to hem it and she goes this dress is so great you could wear it again you could wear it to like a holiday party and I was like yeah I really could <laughs> I really like this dress I think I will wear it again um so yeah that's the upside of, of having a good bridesmaid dress is that you can wear it again to other things um but yeah I really liked the dress too um who uh, uh, like the Mallory the girl who did our hair pulled some sort of devil magic with my hair because my hair never does anything and she got it to look nice and so I'm just like can you do my hair all the time um but yeah <laughs> so 
yeah it was it was really fun we got like the dresses were kind of like a like a dark emerald green color very very good very fall um and we got matching masks to go along with them and so everything was great and i got a covid test after and i tested negative so (laughs) victory in that regard as well um i am covid free uh i just wanted i was feeling fine i just wanted to test for my own peace of mind because i interacted with some people um so yeah everything went smoothly it was a beautiful wedding she was a beautiful bride um cheers to amanda and john i'm very happy um yeah yay, congratulations congratulations, you. <laughs> congratulations. yay and now and i always tell her now like her anniversary so her wedding was on october 3rd and i'm like now you're now every mean girl's day i'm gonna think about you because it's gonna be your your wedding anniversary also on october 3rd he asked <laughs> me what day it was it's october 3rd and also amanda's wedding anniversary uh, yeah, you have no excuse to forget her anniversary. I never now. will. I never will. Um, so that does it for the show this week. Um, like I said, you will be hearing from us probably every other week on Wednesdays, our usual Wednesday day, but every other week instead of every week during the off season. But in the main, in the meantime, while you wait for the next pod, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. Right now we have a, a series of posts going on that, you know, highlights NLCSs of years past for the bets um, from the other times they have made the NLCS. Obviously they are not there right now, but we are remembering past times when they were in the NLCS. Uh, so various amazing avenue writers are tackling different years different nlcs years and so we are in the midst of that series right now so you can check that out um in the meantime we have all the regular amazing avenue off-season content coming i'm sure that the off-season plan contest will go up soon enough um so you will be able to participate in that and we have all of our you know free agent profiles etc etc coming your way so check out all that content please subscribe to our podcast and the whole suite of Amazing Avenue podcasts. They're all great, and they're all going on all off-season long every other week, and the From Complex to Queens guys are the hustlers of the group and are going to be doing a show every week still during the off-season, so you should check them out. Um, You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow Linda and I on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And you can find Kellyanne on the Apod of Their Own Twitter account as well. <laughs> um, that <laughs> the Amazing Avenue comments. I'm a moderator. And uh-huh. on Amazing Avenue comments. Join us in the Amazing Avenue comments, please. Um, so, They're yeah. Fun. Um, pun- <laughs> the <laughs> original. <you>. In- <laughs> yes. I'm Fred every day now. <laughs> Sorry. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcast.